covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. Another week of the offseason continues. The uh, World Series starting to wrap up. I'll tell you, I am recording this as the Astros-Braves game is in the bottom of the fifth inning with the Astros leading by a 7-5 score. So by the time this podcast drops, you are going to have known uh, what happened in this game and whether or not there was a Game 6 coming or not. But as I am recording at this very moment, I do not know. In fact, uh, Jerry Augustine is going to join us. He is our featured guest this week. And I've already recorded that interview. And when I recorded that interview, the Braves were winning that game. So... Who knows uh, what's going to happen. A lot of baseball left to be played, and uh, we'll just see whether or not there's going to be more baseball or not. But again, you might already, you do already know the answer to that question in all likelihood. Uh, As I referenced, Jerry Augustine, former Brewers pitcher and my uh, cohort on Brewers Extra Innings, our post-game show on WTMJ. He is my featured guest this week. We'll have a conversation with him coming up in just a few moments. Just a few notes from uh, the Brewers this past week. First off, it was announced the Gold Glove finalist as uh, three finalists for every position were announced. And uh, Colton Wong has already won a couple Gold Gloves uh, with the Cardinals. He is one of uh, three Gold Glove finalists at second base. Interestingly enough, the guy that uh, took over for him in St. Louis, Tommy Edmond, also a finalist in the Nazi Albies from the Braves, the other finalist. And in center field, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a finalist along with uh, Harrison Bader of the Cardinals and uh, Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. So that's going to be a uh, gold glove that is won by a National League Central player uh, absolutely no matter what. Interestingly enough, I didn't realize this. I I saw it. um, Oh, man, was a brew crew ball. Was it reviewing the brew? I saw it somewhere. I, I can't remember where I saw it. I actually think it was reviewing the brew. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, the, the uh, I'm not sure who wrote it. Maybe it was David Gasper or Matt Carroll, one of those guys. I'm not sure. But uh, mentioned the fact that uh, Bradley actually was sixth in the National League this year in innings played in center field, which is a little bit of a uh, surprise, you know, when you consider that Bradley was kind of a part-time player for most of the year that he had the sixth most innings in the National League in center field. Uh, Certainly interesting, and you would think that Wong and Bradley certainly have an opportunity to potentially uh, win that award. Uh, The New York Mets reportedly really wanted to get somebody from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, David Stearns isn't going anywhere, so then they uh, changed their focus onto general manager Matt Arnold, and uh, Arnold is not going anywhere either as he withdrew his name from consideration this past week. It's not real clear whether or not he actually had a conversation with the Mets. There were conflicting reports coming out of New York, uh, what the interest level might be. At one point, there was a report that said the Mets might have already made an offer to Arnold. Uh, The Mets are having a really hard time filling their president of baseball operations role, but it does not appear that it's going to be uh, coming from somebody in Milwaukee. David Stearns, Matt Arnold, each staying put at least for the time being. And uh, Ed Cedar made an announcement this past week. The longtime uh, Brewers Major League coach spent 30 years in the organization this past year he shifted into an advisory role where he was kind of an advisor for the major league staff still was at the ballpark on an everyday basis 
uh, throwing BP, things like that. Uh, he made the announcement this past week that he is uh, retiring from professional baseball. He told uh, Adam McAlvey of uh, Brewers.com that it was a really, really hard decision for him to make, but he has made the decision to uh, to move on. So uh, spent some time as first base coach, then spent time as third base coach, then moved into his advisory role that followed a, a long time in the organization working uh, in the minor leagues and certainly was a fan favorite, just a bundle of energy, great guy. And uh, now he is exiting the organization as he goes into uh, retirement. So that's kind of the big news in terms of uh, just Brewers-related news. Uh, this past week, we're in that weird period that until the World Series comes to an end, there's not a whole lot going on to really uh, talk about. Haven't heard many rumblings in terms of who the team might be hiring uh, as the next hitting coach, something that we talked about a lot on last week's podcast the collective bargaining agreement continues to just really have a, a kind of a dark cloud over everything that's going on because we really don't know uh, what this offseason is going to look like. The CBA will expire, and once it expires, at that point, technically, you're in a work stoppage, even if it's the offseason. So uh, offseason moves and everything. Like it's Baseball generally doesn't have a really active uh, offseason, but at this point, you know, I, I don't see many teams uh, trying to get anything done, say, prior to the CBA expiring in December. Maybe there's some small moves, but I would think most teams would really want to know what the uh, kind of the financial framework of Major League Baseball is going to look like before they start uh, committing big dollars to, uh, to contracts. So I would expect, once again, there to be um, a pretty, pretty slow offseason, and who knows, uh, there's always a chance for spring training starting late or the season starting late or there being a work stoppage or there being a shorter season like all those bad things you hope that they don't happen there seems to be some optimism just comments that have been made from both the owner side and the player side recently seems to be some optimism about these conversations that are taking place so that's that's good to see that's good to hear the last thing anybody wants is a work stoppage so hopefully they are able to uh, to get that done all right as mentioned my featured guest this week uh jerry augustine a guy that i I talked to a lot during the course of the season. He is the uh, co-host of Brewers Extra Innings after Brewers games on WTMJ uh, for most of the games. Uh, so it wasn't that long ago that Augie and I were wrapping up the season uh, when it did come to an end. I don't, uh, I don't think we have spoken since. We need to speak more during the course of uh, the off season. So. Augie, it's uh, it's good to have you on. It's good to talk to you. It's good to talk a little Brewers baseball, even though uh, it was clearly a uh, disappointing finish to uh, the season this year. You know, it gives you time to reflect on how the season went, and you know when you look at what this 2021 ball club, uh, they did so many neat things. There's some exciting players. Uh, David Stearns and Matt Arnold made some great moves, and and Craig Council really handled the pitching staff as well as it could be handled. And if there's a bright spot to this whole ball club, is what they were able to accomplish and with the pitching staff this year. Uh, you look at their starting rotation for the future, it looks very bright. Their bullpen looks bright. And on the defensive side of the ball, where Craig has always emphasized they got to get better, got much better at it with the trade of Willie Adamas. And uh, it was a special team and did a lot of good things. Oh, yeah. I'm not making excuses for the Brewers. I think it's, I think it's completely okay and completely true to say that they underachieved in the postseason. At the same time, the 162-game nature of baseball, it's a sport 
where it's a, it's a even for the best teams and the worst teams it's a roller coaster ride the best teams have some bad periods and the worst teams have some good periods of playing baseball and that's what makes the baseball postseason so interesting because it's not always the best team that wins sometimes it is last year I think it was clear that the Dodgers were the best team in baseball and they won the World Series so probably more often than not the best team does win but this year the best teams not winning we're we're recording this uh, by the time people are listening to this podcast the Braves might already be World Series champions as we're recording it. They are leading in the third inning over the Astros, and if they hold on to it, uh, they'll win. The Braves weren't the best team in baseball. The Astros weren't the best team in baseball, but they're playing in the World Series. So for me, it's 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 a challenge because you want to evaluate a team based off what they did in the postseason, but in baseball, in many ways, you can't just ignore the regular season. And I don't think we can say that about other sports. Like you don't say that about the Packers. If the Packers don't get deep into the playoffs, nobody's saying, well, at least they won the division, but in baseball, there's, there's some part of that. I think. Well, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think when you look at baseball, it's the 162 ball games. It's a journey. Every year is a journey. And then the abilities to get to the playoffs, you have to play so well throughout a 162 games. Uh, season, and you're going to have a lot of different things that go on. And, you know, we take rosters that they start on opening day are so different when they end the season. And it's all about getting into a, a position where you feel comfortable as a team and everybody's going out and playing very well. And I thought the Brewers were there, and it just seemed like at the end of the year, the one thing, one problem that they did have was scoring runs. Some of the things that they, they had problems with through the early parts of the season had a middle part of the season where they really swung the bat well and just couldn't get it going in the in the postseason. But things change in the postseason. Pitching staffs change. And the way they are, you approach the postseason always changes. And But I thought the Brewers had a great season. I, I think they've accomplished a lot of things. Their future is bright. And when you watch the playoffs, the postseason in 2021, you have to feel good about where the Brewers are. Their pitching staff has got to be one of the top in all of baseball going into next year. Their defense is really solid. they got a lot of good players coming back. It's the offensive side where they have to make make some changes and they have to get better. And uh, this is a ball club when you talk about going out and being better. A uh, guy with Craig Carlson, the way he leads this ball club, and David Sturz and Matt Arnold go out and get some great players. I think they're going to do just that. Has it changed too much in the postseason when it comes to pitching? Like you think about the Dodgers. They use Scherzer out of the bullpen a little bit, and then he has a dead arm, and he can't pitch game six, and they never get to game seven. They used Urias in the bullpen a little bit, and that seemed to to impact his uh, what he was able to do. At the same time, the Braves have been going with a ton of bullpen games, and, and they've been able to have some success with that as they've lost some starters due to injury, and they've just decided to go with bullpen games instead of really finding other conventional starters. Has Should... Should managers be managing postseason games when it comes to pitching more the way they do in the regular season, or is it the correct call to really drastically and dramatically change the way you handle a pitching staff in the postseason? I think a manager that can commit, can go into the postseason and manage the postseason the way he did the season. Yes, there's going to be some changes. Might be changing in the rotation, and with the Brewers change, you might have a couple guys uh, like Adrian Hauser going to the going to the bullpen, these things do happen because of your pitching staff. But I think the team that can go out and stay consistent with their pitching staff is a team that's going to be playing better 
in the postseason. I think the Atlanta Braves are a classic example. Uh, yes, they got the big injury uh, to Charlie Morton in the beginning, but they've been able to adapt to it. But have they altered their bullpen from the fifth or sixth inning on? They haven't. Snicker has really been a, doing a r- nice job and doing an awesome job of handling that pitching staff when you go in. And that's been really the difference in this when these playoffs, when you talk about the Atlanta Braves. It's been their bullpen, and you can't win a pennant or you can't win a World Series without a good, bu- good bullpen, and Atlanta's been able to consistently do that. And from a bullpen perspective for the Brewers, everything changed when Devin Williams went down. We saw the Brewers lose that decisive game of runs that were scored in an inning where Williams probably wouldn't have been pitching if he wouldn't have, uh, if he wouldn't have been out. Uh, they put some other guys in some situations that maybe they weren't comfortable with, and I think you're right. I mean, it just it the bullpen felt so different for the Brewers, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Brewers did not advance in the postseason because they couldn't score runs, but if you want to look at a second thing, it did feel like the bullpen was being used in a very different kind of way. I agree with you, Matt. You know what? I, you know, you talk about Devin Williams, and, and he made a mistake. And you know, he's a great kid, and he's going to come back. And I tell you, he's going to be dedicated in to making up for the, the issue that that did happen because he's a a good player and a, a real important part of Bruce's staff. But I think what happened it happened so late that you could that Craig Council really didn't have have an opportunity to work somebody in that eighth inning guy that. That guy before Josh Hader, and that changed things, which they they did in the in the playoffs just a little bit. But it really, when it comes down to the Brewers in the playoffs, and they couldn't get runs on the board. But I'll tell you, as far as the pitching, I thought they did really a nice job. But I also believe that the big difference was not having a guy like Devin Williams coming and do that setup guy for Josh Hader was a very very important role. And being late in the season, Craig did not have that opportunity. To use some different situations with different players to see which one he felt the most comfortable. And I think it did hurt the Brewers a, a little bit, especially against the Atlanta Braves. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, my co-host for Brewers X Turnings, continuing to join us here on Brewers X Turnings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. They made some coaching changes. Andy Haynes uh, out as the uh, as the hitting coach. And I always thought that Haynes was a good coach, but when you do underachieve, sometimes sometimes changes are made, Augie, just to make changes. Like if, if the season does not end the way that you want it to end, you, you bring in some new voices, and they're going to bring in some new voices. If you're a player on that team and you see that they're making those kind of changes, does it impact you at all, or is it more about just getting to spring training and whoever is your hitting coach, that's who your hitting coach is? Well, I think what the Brewers are going to do, they're going to bring in a hitting coach, and that hitting coach will be in touch with all the players. I think before the season starts, there's going to be communication, because I think number one thing a coach does to improve a ball club and to help a ball club is take what they do and make it better. And I think when you do that, you've got to have communication and you've got to know your players. And, you know, it's nothing about Andy. I think Andy Haynes did a great job. He would not have gotten that job if he didn't do a good job somewhere else and really kind of fit the mold of what, what the Brewers needed at the time. But sometimes you go through situations where you're not swinging the bat, you're not doing the things you need to do to score some runs, and you go through a vast period of time when it does happen, there's going to be a change. And it's not about the change of way he approaches his job. It's a, it's a change in communication. And I think communication in Major League Baseball is number one. I You can teach the little things, uh, the little nuances about 
deliveries and pitches and, and what we're going to use. But that communication that you have to understand your ball players is so important to understand them, to know them, to know where their, their strengths and where their weaknesses are. Because when you have that good communication, you're able to take that person, that individual, and make him better and mold them like you want to mold them. And that allows him to be do it on a confident way and become a better player. And I think that's what they're going to do as far as a hitting coach. Get someone that fits the personality of this ball club. Haynes was so connected to Christian Yelich going back to the minor leagues and the Marlins organization. So a lot of people view Haynes being moved out as being connected to Yelich just not getting it going whether that's fair or not fair, it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, I think it's safe to say that a big responsibility for the organization, including the next hitting coach, is to find a way to unlock unlock Christian Yelich. He doesn't have to be 2018-2019 Christian Yelich, but he probably needs to play minimum at an all-star caliber. And that's saying a lot, but that's he's the, he's the face of the franchise. That's got to be the number one goal for this offseason just to, to kind of unlock him again, right? I, I agree. I, I think... Uh... You know, when you look at as certain teams or certain guys on your ball club, you know, you look at, you know, let's take for an example, and I and I keep going back to Atlanta Braves. There's no one guy that stands out except for Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is a guy, Riley, a little bit at third base, but Freddie Freeman is really that franchise. He's the guy that stands out. With the Brewers, that guy is Christian Yelich. He's the guy in that lineup that it, when you go in to play the Milwaukee Brewers, you got to know where Christian, what Christian Yelich is at the plate when he comes up, who's on base, and what they're going to do. And I think I think that's that's a big part of it. And I think when you have a hitting coach, and it's nothing against Andy Haynes, they have a great relationship. But I think that relationship that he had only made Andy work that much harder with, with Christian and try to get him to come back. And I think what he did, it doesn't change anything that he does with the other players because they said Andy was just an extremely hard worker. But sometimes it's that voice. It's the way you approach it. It might be something you're you're taking of pitches. It might be a way you stand. Maybe it's something in the in the time of the game with runners on base, or you come up with nobody on base. It's that attitude, that relationship, and developing that attitude on the approach that you need to be successful. And I think that's what the Brewers are looking for. They're going to look for a voice that can come in and help the offensive ball part of this ball club be more confident to go out and do good things with runners on scoring position, getting on base, moving runners over. Yes, they're going to have the long ball, but it's the little things that the Brewers need to do to make that next step, get to the World Series, and win one. Is this team missing one more legitimate all-star caliber bat? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a really good good question because we had a pretty pretty much an all-star bat with Ryan Braun, and it got they went pretty far. I, I would say if you have that opportunity to go up, in a situation, when you look at this ball club, the way it's designed today, if you have that opportunity to get that one guy, that additional guy that that bad, maybe uh, you see what they have from the left side, maybe from the right side, that fits a position uh, uh, that you may have some form of need in, I think that would be a good thing for the Brewers kid. I think any time you take the pressure off your main guy, have a guy that's swinging the bat very well and putting the ball in play and doing good things, that takes the pressure off the like a guy like 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 the Brewers do have now, but I I think it's really important that besides Christian, that everybody understands that their job is to go out, keep that line moving, doing the little things, 
But if you got another power hitter, maybe a guy from the right side, it could help the Brewer ball club. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about this because the current collective bargaining agreement expires on, on December 1st. So if we get to December 1st, technically a work stoppage would begin at that point in time. Obviously, it wouldn't really have much of an impact on anything until uh, spring training was scheduled to open. So there's still plenty of time to work things out. But you spent some time as a player rep. You were a player rep uh, when there was a work stoppage. Right now, as, as, as the season is still going on with the World Series wrapping up, but also with that collective bargaining agreement just about set to expire, Tony Clark and Rob Manfred are having conversations from a player rep standpoint. Like, are they are they just getting updates at this point in time, or are they involved at all in trying to help kind of dictate the, the things that are most important to negotiate for? You know, Matt, I, I think this is a unique time with everything that's going on with the COVID and the and baseball the way it was last year, coming into the full season this year. I think everybody understands that a work stoppage would be the worst thing that could happen for Major League Baseball. And I think that's not only the ownership that understands it, but it's the players also. And I think when you see what Tony Clark and Manfred are doing right now, I think they're having a good, solid conversations on directions and trying to materialize some things which they need to talk about, which they need to really sit down at the table and have a good conversation with. I think this is a little different than the past. I know in, in 1981 when we had the 51 strike, it just seemed like nobody could get together. We had many, many phone calls. I was on, phone, on the phone sometimes for two and three hours and going over these things. And it was kind of, nobody was kind of coming together. It was kind of just everybody was kind of wanting to go in their direction and it would hold out, hold out, hold out. The players wanted to play. The teams wanted to play, but they just couldn't get together. Then all of a sudden, after about the 40th, 40th day, 45th day, Boy, all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just came and said, this is enough. We got to at least, we got to get back together. And 51 days later, we were back playing. Turned out to be a great season for the Brewers. They won the second half and got to go to playoffs. But I think today, I think Manfred and, and Tony Clark need to sit down. I need, this is a really important part of the game. Everybody understands what the needs are. And I think, uh, hopefully they'll, they'll sit down and have something resolved earlier rather than later that usually happens. It sure doesn't seem like players and owners can agree on absolutely anything, and this goes back a while, but it even got worse last year when they were trying to negotiate the COVID season, which turned into the 60-game season. Do you think relationships are – do you think they're kind of felt the same way as when you were a player rep, or do you think it's gotten worse between players and owners as the years have gone along? I think think owners and players really try to get resolved, try to get – what they need to to play have the game to be better. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is all the little nuances that they've had in the game of baseball in the last uh, two years. Let's sit down at the table and let's work those out first. Let's get those things set aside because you you know it all of a sudden all of a sudden it comes down. You got a game close agree, agreement now. You got all these little extra things uh, designated hitter and runner on second base and extra innings and all these different things that they have, they have tried. Let's resolve those early. Let's talk about them, get a good idea of where, which direction we're going. But it really comes down to that basic agreement, that bargaining agreement that they do have to sit down. It's going to be tough, and there's going to be pushing and shoving. But I think it's in the best interest of baseball that Robert Manfred and Tony Clark get together and resolve it as soon as possible. Do you think the players trust Tony Clark? 
I think they do. I think uh, he's done a good job for the ball for the players. Uh, uh, in the in the things that I see, just in the in the alumni association, he's out there trying to do the best job he can. Uh, he's got a, a side of him that that is very stern, and it, it seems like at times he doesn't want to budget. But I think at the same time, he was a former player that was involved in the strike issues and understands how much that hurts the game, and especially in the world we live in now, it's not the right thing to do. And I think both sides recognize that. And I think he's going to do what's best, not only for for the players, and not only not only for the owners, what the owners will try to do, but do what's best for the game of baseball in its future. Well, Augie, I, I miss seeing and talking to you on almost an everyday basis as we do uh, during the baseball season. But it was good to uh, to catch up, and uh, we'll certainly do this uh, throughout the course of the off season if you're okay with it. Oh man, I enjoyed it. I love doing it, and uh, you know, watching this postseason. Let's talk about these Brewer fans. You should be excited about this Brewer ball club. This pitching staff coming back is going to be fantastic. The defense is going to stay solid. It's going to be interesting winter. I think the Brewers understand that they didn't achieve what they wanted to do. It's going to be a fun winter. Spring training's not that far off, and I'll tell you what. Anytime you want to talk baseball, Matt, all you have to do is dial my number. I'm here for you. Awesome. Thanks, Augie. Anytime, Matt. Take care. Jerry Augustine joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile, and that is just about going to uh, do it for this week's podcast. Just a reminder, we will continue this podcast on an every week uh, basis uh, moving forward. Also, Brewers Weekly on Thursday nights on WTMJ, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central, as long as uh, the Bucks are not playing on a Thursday night uh, or something else is uh, going on. We had the uh, Packers Thursday night game this past week, so uh, we did not have a game uh, that night. Uh, but we will be on. I'll tell you this: uh, once uh, once the new year hits, I am the broadcaster and the play-by-play voice of the University of Wisconsin Green Bay women's basketball team. And in the Horizon League, most league weekends they play Thursdays and Saturdays, so I'll miss a, a bunch of shows uh, on those Thursday nights. Once we get into Horizon League conference play. Uh, I think generally more often than not, Greg Matzik will be uh, filling in. We'll still have the show. won't be me, but we'll still have the uh, show. So certainly uh, Brewers Talk will continue to come your way on Thursday nights from uh, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. So that will be uh, – that's good. We have that uh, all year long and uh, glad to be able to uh, to have that show, whether I'm the one hosting it or somebody's filling in for me uh, because of some of those uh, basketball conflicts. But that is going to do it for uh, this week's edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Enjoy the rest of the World Series if there is any more World Series left when this is uh, when this is uh, being released again. As I am recording, uh, the Astros have a lead, which would force a game number six if it continued that way. But who knows what's actually going to happen? You know because you're listening to this in all likelihood after the game got done. With. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We'll talk to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra the podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.